Good evening, Boston. Welcome to Voices in Progress. Brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and the young people of Youth Police in Partnership. I'm your host for Voices in Progress. My name is Harry Harding, and I am with some very amazing guests today. I'm not even calling them guests. These are co-hosts. We all hosting today, as a matter of fact. And you're listening to Voices on Progress, Voices in Progress, rather, on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. And uh, I'm excited about today's show because we are really going into a whole new level of bringing the young people's voice to the community. And I've had the privilege of working in Children's Services of Roxbury and with young people who are served by Children's Services of Roxbury for a long time. And today is a chance to actually bring those young people to you and to the voice you can hear directly from them how this program and how this agency impacts their lives. You can hear directly from them. You don't have to hear me say nothing. Um, but I'm not alone today. I actually have a, a, a wonderful a guest co-host who, I mean, I can't say enough about this man in terms of what he brings to the table and how much effortlessly he does it. Um, but I'm joined by Tim Fitzgerald, who is the program manager of Youth Police and Partnership. Tim has been with the agency for, what, 10 years, Tim? Going 10 years, yes. Ten I'm years. very excited, still excited. And listen, this dude every day shows up with the only intent is to make the, the lives of the young people in the program better. Like, I can't, you know, outside of that, he's also just happens to be a coach in the community. He probably coaches, what, like 10 sports? How many sports coaches? <laughs> Basketball, football? Yeah, I coach three sports, but one of them cut down uh, so I can have a life for myself. Right, and, and right, and that little life for himself, that little life he keeps the rest <laughs> of himself, he's also a really dedicated family man as well. Like, so, I mean, again, I can't say enough about Tim and just how what he brings to the table, man, but... Tim, we are grateful to have you here, man. Like, you know how hard it is to get up every day and do this kind of work, but particularly how hard it is and challenging it is to be there for young people and to help them grow. Um, but I see a smile on your face today because we got some real special young people in the building. Tell me a little bit about your experience working at YPP, Tim. Um, first coming here, it was um, like, you know, coming from a background from working in the community um, with the high school in New York City with the Grafted Job Corps. I talked to a lot of youth about that. Um, but my experience working at Children's Service was nothing but great. And once again, no matter what job you go to, you're going to have your ups and downs. But, you know, I made it through. And during my bad time at Children's Service, um, I would say trying to get the young people to do what I wanted them to do. Mm. And um, I had to take a step back and start listening to their voices because I was so youth when I was coaching and everything, you know, but I had to make a change on myself and start listening to their voices and, you know, see what they want in life instead of my expectation. Oh, I, you hit you hit a lot there. So I'm going to I want to back up and go to that real quick. Before I do, I want to remind you that you're listening to Voices in Progress on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. Voices in Progress is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and the young people of Youth Police in Partnership. Youth Police in Partnership, we like to refer to it as YPP, has been 
a program of children's services at Roxbury. It's one of its longest running youth programs. It's been around for almost 25 years. And every summer we have a, a crop of young people who come in and we have a, they have their own summer experience. And today we have in the studio four young people who are in our summer program at YPP. We have Jalen, Nosa, Farris, and Keon. And I want them to introduce themselves. So without further ado, let's talk to the young people. So I'm going to start with Keon. Keon. Welcome to Voices in Progress. Thank tell you, us a, thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Keon. I go to Boston Prep, Boston Prep on High Park and High Park, and I'm going to be 11th grade going into next year. Junior status, huh? Yeah. yeah. How you feeling about that? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. One thing I could say is that I'm taking the risk right now because I'm actually making sure I'm taking a push for my life to start my life off. By taking all hard classes, start taking all AP classes because I already know it's going to benefit me, myself, and, like, myself at the end of the day <laughs> in life because you can't forget. It's you. It's really you versus the world. Like, it's really you. Like, you might have your family, but, like, you, gotta care, you, can't, you can't depend on everybody. You got to depend on yourself the most. You got to build that inside yourself. And then, like, I'm just really taking that risk for all AP classes next year. I love it. Challenging yourself it. is important. You That's go. what's up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's talk to Nosa. Nosa, tell us a little bit about uh, where, wh- what you're doing right now and, and a little bit about your experience at YPP. Uh, my name is Nosa. Uh, I'm 16. Uh, I go to Boston Prep. Uh, I'm about to be a junior. And uh, I've been at YPP for about a year now. Uh, overall, it's been good. Uh, I think you're the—of everybody, I think you're the here longest, right? Yeah, okay, every, yeah. everybody here is okay. new. Uh, yeah, I've been here the longest. Uh my overall experience has been good. Uh, just been exploring the city, exploring new new faces, just having new vibes around me. Uh, yeah. Nose is the OG in the, in the crew, okay? Yeah. So, um, Farris. Farris is one of our newer uh, youth in YPP. So, Farris, introduce yourself. Um, my name is Farris Omar. I go to Dearborn STEM Academy. Um, 16, about to be 17 in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm an ongoing senior. And uh, I guess so far in YPP, my experience has been really good, meeting new people, doing things that I've never done before. Like now being on the radio, this is my first time being on the radio. Um, Yeah, so far my experience has been great, and I'm looking forward to see what the rest of the summer looks like and also the fall. That's what's up, Ferris. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Let's, let's, last and certainly not least is... Um, Jalen, who has been also, he's also new. You just came to this. It's your first summer here, right, Jalen? Yeah, this is my first summer here. All right, introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Jalen Foreman. Um, I go to Excel High School in South Boston. I'm about to be a junior, you know, in the upcoming year. And I'm excited, you know, because YPP definitely opened my eyes to, like, you know, summer programs and stuff like that. This is the first summer program that I attended with other youths my age. So, I feel kind of honored, you know, to have this type of experience, create new bonds and go on like trips that I probably would have never had with these people, you know. I mean, you say you're honored to be a YPP. We're honored to have you a YPP, yes. brother. So yes, thank sir. you for, for for that. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of y'all for, for coming to the studio today um, and having a conversation. And really, at the end of the day, your voice is this radio show. You know, I get a chance to, you know, you know, talk loud and say I'm the host. But like I said, really, at the end of the day, the audience wants to hear from you. You right. you are the voice of this community. And again, the, the show is called Voices in Progress 
because at the end of the day, this is a youth development program Mm -hmm. about activating your voices, your voices, the young people's voice in the community. Sometimes we keep it low. We keep it under underneath where it should be. Uh, We don't put it as equally as high as uh, elected officials, for example, or other adults in the community. We just often, you know, it's that same old mentality. The young people are seen and not heard. Right. Um, but we're trying to change that. We break in that mode. We want to, we actually want to create a platform and a form to hear what these young people actually have to say. And that's what this radio show is all about. Voices in progress. What do you think? And this is for everybody in the room. What has been your biggest lesson that you've learned so far? Even, even if it's, you've only been here for a couple of weeks, what have, what's been your biggest lesson you've taken away from YPP in just a couple of weeks? Integrity. Got to have integrity, whatever you wear. When and wherever you go, because you never know anyone's watching. Hmm. Even when you say no one's watching, somebody's watching. Oof. Wow. Fair. That's huge. Agreed. I'm not going to lie. I do agree with integrity. And a person that really instilled us into that, like, mindset, like, was really Tim and, like, all the staff members at YPP, because, like, they really hold us accountable for our actions. Like, they really want us to do great, but, like, there's going to be some rocky roads, like, where you got to, like, Need to hold your integrity. Like you might get in trouble, you might have a slipper, but that's just all character building. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for that. That's dope. How much did you pay the, the kids to say that to? <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. Be honest. They know we'll talk later. Okay. That's what I figured. That's what I figured. Um, what are you looking forward to? What's something that you might be looking forward to in the summer? Like you know, I know you have. A, there's a lot of things planned. Um, the calendar is is full. What what are you What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Unity Day, but in a general sense, just making bonds with the people that I've met so far because I met a lot of these guys like two weeks ago. And like, if you didn't know I met them two weeks ago, you would think I know them for a couple of years now, just the way we interact <laughs> so, with each other. Right, and yeah. like, yeah, so the bonds and Unity Day. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. I would say like just me and new people, uh, even just us as a whole, or just even meeting new people, like, outside the program. So it's like, for example, like, we went out to, um like, Back Bay. We just walking through the mall. It's like we just knew each other for years, but we literally just met each other, like, a few weeks ago. That just shows the relationship being being built, just how, like, mm-hmm. easy it is just for us to click automatically. That's what I like about the program is, like, even when new people come in, you can always click with them, even though if it's just basketball, same school, same same, I don't know, it can be anything, to be honest. You can just always click with people. Yeah. I, I like when I, uh, I first met Mr. Foreman. Mr. Foreman came in, his first day he came in. He get, he introduced himself, was very respectful. And um, I, re- I didn't see his name on the list. Um, I kind of overlooked it. And I was going, you know, let me see. And I said, let me check in. And um, Mr. Foreman was like, nah, they told me I'm going to be working here. And he wasn't going to accept no. And he, he said, well, can I sit in the conference? I said, you can sit in the conference room. And he said, can I stay? And I was, I was like, let me go check your name again. And he was like, oh, I'll be long, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I walked in. I walked in. I saw um, Jalen just sitting down on his phone. I'm like, who is this? I just I went to the bathroom, did a little bit of stuff. I walk out. Me and Jay not even talking. Couple couple hours later, I talked to him about uh, what papers I'm supposed to sign. A few weeks later, I'm, I'm damn near. Best friend now. That's dope. That is dope. How has it been? No, so you, this is the first year in some ways we've had 
young people also be a part of our staff as far as uh, junior counselors or we got, you know, youth support specialists. How has that been for y'all having a, another young person to, to have your back this summer? I mean, I feel like now, I don't know if I'm, you know, speaking for myself. I feel like I could speak for everyone. I feel like now with like youth staff, we have someone to, you know, go to if we need something because they know, I guess, in a general sense, they know kind of what we want because they're kind of in the same spot as spot as us, you know, age-wise, mentally. You know, they know where we're coming from, supposed to, you know, go into a, a older staff where they don't really know where we're coming from when we need something, you know, yeah. you can agree with I also me. feel like it's easier to talk to them, you yeah. know, because they're not that True. far off on age, you yeah. know, and it's it makes me feel comfortable to talk to someone that's, like, 10 years older than me than, like, 20, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> why, why you have to bring out the calculator when you say yeah, that? Man? Yeah, yeah. Well, ain't even right, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Tim, why? What, and so I'm, I'm curious because you've been, you know, Tim has been doing this work for, you know, a long time and speaking of old. Um, but it's a good thing. And I'm curious from you, man, how, how are you seeing this generation of young people versus maybe, again, even 10 years ago? Um. I would say it's it's a little different, not that much, um, but I would say um, we dealt with a lot of at-risk youth 10 years ago. We dealt with a lot of youth that was in gangs, um, you know, didn't have family support, um, but also, too, they came in and did what they had to do because some of them was like teachers, um, some of them, you know, going to school for law. Um, a lot of youth didn't want to come in. They didn't want to do nothing, have nothing to do with the police. But um, they build that relationship with the police, and it really helped them out. Um, the new generation that coming in right now, it seems like they they just ready what I have to do. And coming in, you know, we're going to have challenges, but they be willing to get through that challenge and everything. And what make, make it easy for staff, uh, we listen to each other. We both have voices. Yeah, talk about. I'm curious that you said because you said that this this generation is ready. Um, talk a little bit more about that because we are in a in a time now where there's so many the, the stories that come are coming out in the news every day are just one more tragic than the next. Right, you got school shootings, you got you know people hurting each other in in bodegas and subway stations like seemingly for no reason right like the the climate in the community is so violent and so unpredictable um and part of the reason why i think youth programs exist are to have those young people steer away from those kinds of behaviors but i'm curious from your standpoint like how why do you feel like this young this generation is ready to handle this world the way it is right now uh i think um this generation is ready they're looking for resources, they're looking for opportunity, looking for someone to care about them. But also that come with all that, it's all about trust. And, you know, when you start getting that trust, that's when the communication come in. And I think this generation, you know, even though we're going to have challenges and everything, but I'm seeing this generation is not giving up. And, you know, when we sit down, not talking to each other, talking with each other, having conversation and... Even we have agreement, disagreement, but we're willing to work it out. And this generation looking for a lot of answers, like question everything that's going on in the world. Like, for instance, like, 
we know every time we turn on the TV, we get tired of seeing another black man getting shot by the police. And coming in here, you know, I see this generation, they still making it happen, still willing to be engaged in all these conversations, all kinds of conversation. And one thing I really like about this generation, they accept everyone, diversity, no matter what. That's a, I love that point. Um, I'm curious from, from y'all standpoint, like, talk to me about how you embrace diversity, how you embrace um, the, the differences in the community today. I mean, I grew up with, like, you'd be whoever you want to be, you know, and do whatever makes you feel happy, you know. And I feel like being just because someone's different and someone has different viewpoints than you and you don't like them, I feel like that's very childish. To just look at someone and say you're weird because they like to do what they love to do and they love to do, you know, like anything and you find it weird, I feel like that's very childish and immature of you just because they want to live their life how they want to live their life. Right. I love that. Um, I mean, a way that, like, I bring together, like, different communities and, like, people of different, like, diversities, I guess, like, in my standpoint, I don't look at everybody, like, differently. Everyone's human. Like, I don't want to sound ignorant, ignorant, you know. I, there's obvious differences between people, you know, LGBTQ, people of color, white people, you know. But, like, if you're a human, not if you're a human, you are human, I'm going to treat you as a human, you know. I don't see you as anything other than a human. You're not superior to me. You're not inferior to me. You're human. We're all equal. I'm going to treat you as is. Of course, of course. But that same energy got to get reciprocated back, though. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. You can't treat someone with 100% respect and they're treating you like trash. And that's that's when everything changes, you know? Yeah. How do you protect against that? I mean, I feel like I'll just disengage in any type of conversation or, like, mutual, you know, meetings, you know? So if I know if I know you're going to be somewhere, you know, and I know you're going to be very disrespectful, I'm not going to, you know... I'm not going to put my energy into the the whole conversation or, or anything towards you just so we both could get mad and a fight could probably break out, you know, over something that's very minimal and could be stopped, you know? Well, something that you really just said that just hit me, and when it comes to our young men's, um, do you feel like, not when you at YPP, do you feel outside of YPP, that your job is so important that you feel you're at YPP, you could do what you want. And I talked to a, y- a lot of young men about which one is better, your character and your reputation. So we got to have good character, we got to have good reputation, but let's talk about when it comes to impressing your boy or anything, and you feel your reputation is on the line. Do you feel you got to impress your boy when you just go walk away from something because that's what we're going through in society today i mean i feel like if he doesn't understand the standpoint of walking away from a situation when it could go south then that shouldn't be your friend you know if you have someone that's you know you claim as your homeboy or you know a very close friend and he wants to see you interact and like get physical with somebody else then that is not a good you know mindset to have or even to have around you you know so i feel like you should just drop him you know if that's the case, because there's no need. There's way more important things to do in life than just fight somebody for something that's not even serious and something that probably is never going to benefit you in the long run. 
Yeah, I call that a yes man. I feel like a yes man is just somebody that never points out your wrongs. Like, you want to see me do all this, you want to see me do all that, just point out my wrongs and actually point out where I'm, I should be stopped at. Like, if I'm about to fight somebody, I just about to risk my life, I'm about to fight, do something like that can break out into uh, to something very violent. If you don't stop me, then you're not a real friend. I should even be, you know what I'm saying, affiliated with you or, or talking to you. So. Love it. Um, um, you, I mean, like, going back to that first first point Tim made, character versus reputation. And, like, there's a lot of people where they put their reputation over their character. Mm -hmm. They care about how others see themselves rather than how they feel about themselves. For example, say, I guess... Someone says something to Josh or Timmy. Let's talk about Timmy, all right? Someone says Timmy and his boy, David, is right next to him. And, like, Timmy's the type of person to put their rep his reputation over his character. And to, I guess, he cares about how others see him, Yeah, you know, David. So he's going to try to fight the other guy because, you know, he wants David to see him as this tough guy who isn't going to stand for nothing rather than, you know, walking away from this altercation that could have easily been stopped by David, you know, he could have easily just, like, followed his morals and his character rather than trying to, I guess, boost his social status. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with Ferris. I feel like if you just been yourself from the, you know, beginning, everything would have been resolved, you know. If you're, like, reputation, if you was just being yourself, you know, and you being yourself with your friends, I feel like there shouldn't be no change in that. You know, I, of course, you know, there's professionalism and, you know, non-professionalism. But, like, at the same time, I feel like if you just been yourself, you know, and your job accepted you for yourself and your friends accepted you for yourself, then you shouldn't have change. You shouldn't have to change yourself just to try to impress somebody, you know? Real talk. I do want to back up, Tim, and talk a little bit more before we, again, really dive in. I want to um, give the audience, again, a little bit more context for what YPP is in the history of YPP, because again, a lot of people for the first time maybe never heard of this program or never heard of even Children's Services of Roxbury. So they're tuning in. So, so I think it's important for to give a little bit of history. Um, and I'll, I'll start off with an overview and then I want to bring you in, Tim, because I know you came in a little bit after the, and you can have a, you have a bit more of a perspective on this as well. So for, for those of you who are not aware, YPP was born in like 1995, was in the 90s. And it was, again, about 25 years ago. And at that time, Boston was a, a, a very different city in the sense that the, there was still gang violence. And it was, you know, not that it was dissimilar today. This, this gang violence today and there's young people who were inv involved in violence today as well. But it was a different level. When you agree with that, Tim, right? Yes. You were around there. You remember yes, those days. it was a different level. It was a different level. And, you know, again, not that it was better or worse, but it was just different. And... There was obviously a need for the community to build a bridge between the young people in the community and law enforcement. Again, not not that much different than today, right? There's, there was a there's a, a a need for the community to come together, and so this program was started as an opportunity to do just that. And at first, what it was was young people, and and law enforcement, particularly Boston Police Department officers from the Boston Police Department, would come together and have dialogues. And those dialogues would be facilitated by young people. And a lot of the young people were either involved in DYS or the, or the, the, the court system or um, had been in the system. And it was an opportunity for those young people to have a dialogue with officers about what their experience was like in the community. 
and then for the officers to share with them what their experience was like, right? So it was an exchange of of relationship, an exchange of dialogue, but the young people were at the center of leading those dialogues. In connection with that, it was also a, a leadership development program. So besides just having dialogues with law enforcement, it was also an after-school program where young people were getting um, stipends as an employment to come in and also take workshops around career development. So they would learn how to do resumes. They would learn how to do interviewing. Um, they would learn other different skills that would help them along and build them as they gained forward in their career. Right. So it was twofold. One, it was leadership skills. And the other piece was building relationships with law enforcement. Right. So now fast forward 25 years later and the program is still alive and it's still doing that. But now we're evolving a bit. So pause in there, Tim. Tell me when you came in about 10 years ago, what was YPP going? What was happening in YPP at that time? And, you know, where do you see it you know, today? Um, well, it was at that time. I would say one thing I tell you, we grew a lot because back then when I came in, you was making eight dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's up to fourteen twenty-five. So y'all, y'all, y'all rich man. You need to, I need to borrow. <laughs> yeah. I need to borrow some money, man. And you know what? Gosh. Back then, even the youth was making eight dollars, eight dollars an hour. They was very happy because back then when I first came in, I say. We had a better engagement with the policemen, even though some of the youth took a step back. It's kind of harder now because I would say this. Yeah, it was a lot of rest back then when I came in, you know, car stopping. But it wasn't all this police shooting a black man. And today it's just taken away. No matter how much we try to build this this gap between youth and police, it seems like every time we turn on the news, we're taking a step back. Back then we was engaged because it was all this violent with police and youth. And right now, we try to change youth mindset because no matter what, and I had to take a take a step back myself because no matter what, our youth was getting traumatized, and I was sitting there saying they're being traumatized by something that happened in another state. But also, I had to take a look at that they weren't about they're gonna be next. Yes. So the agency itself is making changes and not making changes from the police and not making changes from the youth. But we still have a long way to go. Let me ask the young people directly. Like you, when you signed up or when you thought about joining Youth Police and Partnership, what did you hear? Even when you heard that name, Youth Police and Partnership, what did that make you think that this well, it would be like to work here? What did you? What did it make you think? I you know? automatically thought he's gonna work with the police. Uh, probably just do like just straight police stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I started to look into it, and I started to see like it's actually a youth program, and like. You're going to be working with people your age and all that. So it's like I then get got comfortable and just ready to work type stuff. Um, I would like to agree with Nosa, but I didn't really like when I first got it, like I didn't really like automatically think it was that because me being good friends with Nosa, I knew that Nosa, Nosa told me a lot about this job. Mm-hmm. That's why I came here. Like I liked I liked the details about it. And I get to work with one of my close friends. So like also, but what's called... What I also could say is that, like, when I first heard about this, I just heard this. It was, like, community engaging. Like, y'all just actually building communication with other people. Y'all get to know each other. Like, y'all actually get to build, like, like a brotherhood type stuff. Like, Yes. Uh, um, When I first heard about this, I heard it from my cousin. And what's it called? I thought it was just going to be straight boot camp. Like, push-ups, <laughs> sit-ups, 
pull ups. Because <laughs> I heard police. I'm like, oh, this is a boot camp type program. Interesting. So, uh, well, you haven't got to week three yet. Tim's got something special planned for you, man. Oh. <laughs> Push ups and sit ups for everybody. Tim, you joining? Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but then first day, I saw that, you know, we're really working with the community. This is really something, you know, for ourselves. This is like a community thing where we go out, support other people, you know, and also while supporting people, we're helping ourselves, you know, helping our soul and mm. our mind, you know. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah, I listening mean, to Voices in Progress, and I, I'm, I'm really excited to hear uh, more about from these young men about particularly what they think about community and working with law enforcement and building connections with law enforcement, but also what they're learning about leadership. And we're going to get going to get more into that a little bit. But Jalen, I want to hear from you because, again, you're someone who is also, you know, a young man who's newer to the program. What did you think when you heard, you know, the youth police and partnership? What did that mean to you? I mean, I just thought as I thought of it as, you know, the community trying to like what Tim said, you know, shorten the gap from young black men and the police, you know. I thought of it as, you know, they're going to help us with drills and basically just sit down and talk to us and, like, basically have police be, like, a mentor to us, in a, in a sense, you know, to to make us realize that the police isn't that bad, you know. But when I actually got there, it it, it really did change because I didn't, I didn't really see no police there. I'm not going to lie. So I, I was kind of happy, but I wasn't at the same time because I actually really thought we was going to have to, you know, I thought it was going to change us, which it did change us. I thought I thought this program was something completely different. That's okay. what I'm trying to get at right now. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm this is interesting to hear because we always want to know when young people join us, especially new young people, what it is that they why they join us, essentially, because police, once you add police to this mix, people have different emotions about it. They have different beliefs about what that means, um, some good, some bad, some in the middle. So it's curious for us. That's partly why, if you remember on the application, we ask you that, you know, what's your relationship like with law enforcement and, and where, do you, where do you see it going? And I think it's important for the audience to know that the relationship with law enforcement is very vital to this program, but so is all community connection, Right. This the while the while this program started, the basis of it was to build a relationship with law enforcement. That was the foundation. The program is is has evolved and is evolving into a place where it's helping the young people build bridges with all parts of the community, right? Yeah. And the, the law enforcement we know is a critical piece of that. But it's it's again, we want our young people to be connected to the community in every way. That's why the summertime they spend a lot of time going to uh, all different parts of the community. Just just this this summer alone. They have the, the calendar of places that they're going to from the museums to the Benjamin Franklin Institute. Um, later on, they're going to do some college tours, right? Visiting Fisher College and Bunker Hill College, getting the young people acclimated to what college life might be like. Heading to the Science Museum. Um, we're going to the Harvard Museum of Natural History at some point. They're doing a library tour at some point. These are all things to get them invested and in, in, in integrated into the community a bit more, right? Tim, what more do you feel like this the, that the young people could be doing to also build bridges in the community? Um, I really think, and let me, let's while while we sitting here, Harry and the youth here, let's make let's get something clear here. Yeah. While we sitting here, 
We have some great police officers that we work with, so we don't want to leave that out. So um, we have good and great police officers that we work with over the years. Yes, we have police officers in Massachusetts that doing things they shouldn't be doing, but also we don't want to leave out the great work, the good police officers, the great work Absolutely. the police officers doing. So I, want, I just wanted to make that clear. Harry know that. I know the youth know that. Um, come back to the topic you just asked me. No, I, I was basically just asking what are the ways in which you feel like we tie to the community, but— I mean, you actually hit on a really great point that the, the law enforcement, our connection to them is very important. And it's not just pol Boston police. We have a relationship with Suffolk County District Attorney's Office, yes. U.S. Attorney's Office, the mass transit. We have Boston police. Boston police. Um, and, and to tie in that question, um, I say when it comes to the youth of engagement, I think the youth really need a really good engagement with youth and youth having these discussions. And I don't want to touch too much because I know we got to move on about the mental health part of it. But, you know, we really got to sit down because one thing we don't do in our community, we don't have these uncomfortable conversations. And and I don't want to stay on this longer. I, I want to ask the youth this while we on police right quick. And this is what concerns me when it comes to what's going on in our community. Why you... Let me ask the youth this. Anyone can answer this? All y'all can answer Why you feel that black lives mat only matters when a police officer shoot a black man? And the reason why I ask that, because it seems like black lives doesn't matter when we shoot each other in our community. Not saying y'all shooting people holding guns and stuff, but it seems like it only matter when a police officer shoot a black man. And I really have a concern about that because as another black man getting shot, by a police officer, and then we go out there and say Black Lives Matter, but while we out there marching Black Lives Matter, another black man getting shot by another black man, and it seems like that's okay. Anyone want to answer that right quick? Yeah, uh, real quick. So, when for, like, if another black man shoots another black man, he's not shooting him because he's black. He's shooting him. I'm not saying that it's okay. Obviously, it's not okay, but he's not shooting him because he's black. When we see police, police officers, you know, brutally beating another black man or killing him, a lot of the times there's some racial motivation to, you know, what that officer is doing. So when we go out and say black lives matter because a cop kills a black man, it's because when that cop killed that black man, there was some racial intent behind it, you know. Nah, yeah. I agree with that. But there's, there's also a thing, too, because the police, you could you could change, you know, the, the police which I'm not saying all the police, because I, I have met some good cops in my life, you know. But police are viewed as bad because, you know, what Ferris said, racially motivated or, like, any type of, you know, thing. But also it's because we know that if all of us gather up, there's a possibility that the police might change, you know. And a lot of black-on-black -black crime is mostly gangs, you know, gang violence or, like, just people really hurt, you know, and really just want to get back for what they took from them, you know. And I'm not trying to get too deep into it, but I'm just saying that a lot of gang violence, we can't stop, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, one way or another, that person's either going to, you know, get shot or die for the crimes they have committed to another person, you know? But the police is a completely different story, you know? The police is a legal part, and we're looking for them to help us, not kill us, you know? Right. So that's why I feel like what I feel like. We march for Black Lives Matter only for the police. But we say Black Lives Matter in a general sense, too, because, you know, black on black crime is not good. I'm not saying none of this is good. You know, I'm just saying that 
police could change and gang violence could change as well, but it's harder with gang violence, you know, because that, that would never stop. How do, what is the solution? And, and let, me, let, me, let me back up. Let me first uh, remind everyone that you're listening to Voices in Progress on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. I'm your host, Harry Harding. I'm here with Tim Fitzgerald's program manager, for Youth Police and Partnership. I'm also here with four brilliant young men from YPP, from Youth Police and Partnership, our summer program, Jalen, Nosa, Ferris, and Keon. And they've been sharing a little bit about what they, their experience in YPP and also just sharing their thoughts in general about, um, you know, relationship with law enforcement and the community. And we were just talking about law enforcement in particular. And I'm curious, what's the solution? Just what do you got? What's one conversation I had, and, and Tim knows this, we had a conversation with, um, a local law enforcement official, not not too long ago, a few weeks ago, and we were and we were talking about how we can work together. And we were throwing around different ideas, and at the at the meeting, we didn't have any young people. It was during school hours, so none of you were none of the young people were present. But that's the problem; you weren't present. So mm-hmm. I have to ask you directly now: How can young people and police work together to solve not every issue, but how can they work together to solve? in any one particular issue in the community? What can they actually do to work together? Um, I feel like the programs right now are, are really good enough, but really the solution is time. You know, mm. we can't be on patient and just think that every youth is going to just join up just because we say we're going to help you mentally with the police, you know. Really, time could tell when if it's going to happen or not because the rule right now and the key is the youth. So if the youth grow up good and mentally, you know, with a good partnership with the police, eventually their kids growing up will also be good with the youth Mm. because they're passing down and telling them that it's okay. You know, as of right now, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of back and forth with if the police is good or the police is not or if the youth is good or the youth is not. But the programs itself, I feel like it's really beneficial because it really helps people. Like, and I, I had instances where I had family members, you know, go down a really bad road, but join a program and help them, you know, mentally and physically about police violence or like anything. And I feel like just off of that, I feel like, you know, 20 years down the line, it's going to be way better, you know. But like I said, only time could tell how this all plays out. That's 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 deep, man. Right deep. Now, Nosa, you've been, again, you're the longest running member here, essentially. You're the, you're the OG of the crew, right? You've been with YPP for over a year. What's, in your opinion, you've, First of all, talk talk about some of the ways you've seen YPP work with the police since you've been here and what works, what doesn't work as far as you can tell. Um, I feel like youth are just having youth dialogues, which is, if you don't know what youth dialogue is, just cops coming in to just speak to youth and just have the youth ask any questions they want. But I feel like what actually helps is just the youth having the moment to just ask any question, even if it's just, why they uh, such and such treat such and such like that, or why do y'all move like that, or uh, whatever? Just just having that opportunity to just ask any cop any question they want, and just hear their point of view on any situation is just key. And um, what I see that helps is is just like what else I see that helps is um, just cops actually taking that advice from youth and just actually running with it. Just not cops just taking that advice and just just going in one ear and out the other ear, it's just that's just useless. What do you come here for? It's just actually cops that actually come. I can tell when cops actually come and just actually pay attention. That is, 
That just shows like you actually care about your job and you actually care about making the world better. You're listening to Voices in Progress on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. You're listening to the wisdom of young people from the Boston community. These are uh, four young men who are in the summer program at Children's Services of Roxbury in our Youth Police and Partnership Program. Uh, YPP has been around again for 25 years. One of the staples of the program has been helping young people in the community build relationships with different parts of the law enforcement community. And they do that a number of different ways. You just heard NOSA talk about uh, dialogues is one way in which that happens. Um, we also had uh, times where the young people work on different community projects directly with law enforcement. Um, and you know these are all geared towards the common goal, which is to build relationship, right? You actually said this, no, so I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I heard you saying essentially is having an opportunity to connect, right? Just having a young, just having a, an officer there to be able to ask them a question, regardless of what the question is and regardless of what the answer is, just having an opportunity for them to be real with you and you to be real with them. There's value in that. Yeah. Um, I, that's that's powerful. You're listening to Voices in Progress on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. Voices in Progress is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and the Youth and Peer Leaders of Youth and Police in Partnership, YPP. We have four young men who are in our summer program. Actually, uh, they um, they're hopefully will be in our all year of our program, but they're actually participating in our summer program this year. Um, Jalen, Nosa, Ferris, and Keon have been uh, enlightening us today with their presence, their views. And um, it's really powerful to hear the young people's voice talk about some of the things that, you know, matter to them. And we don't always give them a chance and opportunity to, to hear what they have to say. And so I hope you're enjoying this as much as uh, we are. I'm also joined by Tim Fitzgerald, who's the program manager at YPP. Um, Tim has been working with YPP 10 years now, and um, there's no one in, in our agency who has a more clear um, view and experience working with young people uh, than Tim does. So I'm blessed to have him here today as well. Uh, I, I want to talk COVID for a second with the young people because it's interesting for, for, for me. I mean, let me say this. The whole world obviously is experiencing this together. So we're all a bit shocked by, you know, the, what happened over the last few years and how it changed everything. But I'm really curious how it has affected young people, because again, we don't always ask you directly and your voices aren't always heard on this subject. So tell us, talk to us and tell us how has this pandemic impacted you, not just in, as students, but you as community members, as young men, in general, how has this pandemic been affecting you? Uh, I feel like uh, the pandemic really just had people, like youth change. I've, I've seen youth go from playing in the gym all day, playing basketball all day, playing sports all day, to going online, uh, being in, being gang affiliated, doing all this wild stuff. It's like, it was mm -hmm. crazy. I was like, nah, I was crazy. So you've actually seen youth change, like going from going to being more attracted to gangs and things like that. Yeah. Wow. Like with, with gyms closing and all this, all this stuff closing, I've seen people that I didn't even notice, like even had that side of them just going into gangs and throwing up all these sets. And I'm, I'm like, I, oh. I just, they yeah. got it. Yeah, bro. No, it, it also made people mm -hmm. lazy too, you know, especially with school, especially when it, it peaked in 2020, you know, because I, I remember going to like eighth grade and, you know, it all happening. 
it when it became virtual, I feel like everyone just thought like it was just a cheat for school, you know, like they're going to pass either way because of this pandemic. So I feel like it made people mentally lazy and made people feel like they don't have to do nothing, especially I could see that, too, in this year, because this is the year where everyone kind of just went back to school. And I, I seen it in their behavior. You know, a lot of people I knew behaved like if they didn't have no type of discipline or backbone, you know, mm. at their house. And wow. it just made them feel like they could do whatever. And to be honest, I never understood that fact, you know, because I felt like they was just trying to put that as an act as well, you know. But at the same time, a lot of people just blame it on COVID, you know. And not a lot of people can't really say much because people don't even know what they truly went through. And I feel like people just think that they would just be like, and, talking about something they don't really know. Um, like I want to talk about the mental aspect, cause huh? I I want to talk about oh yeah, I want to talk about before COVID. You know, I used to be really outgoing. I I used to know how to like speak with people. You know, I used to know how to make friends. You know, I used to always go outside a lot. But then during the peak of COVID, you know, we all know we were in lockdown for like almost three two years, and like when we came back to school, you know, I was just really to myself i didn't really like talking to people and like that's just because i really lost all my social skills because i was always inside my house mm. only people i spoke with was my family so and like a lot of my friends they stayed inside too they did their own thing so like for like two years almost two years i was just to myself you know and like that really broke me down and like i just lost all social skills so when i came back to school bro i was just very awkward because like i didn't really know how to speak with people the most, like, the most that I did with speaking people was just text messages. And, like, let's be honest, you can't really, you know, interact with people. Yeah, it's yeah. different. Text, texting people is different than yeah, actually interacting different. with them live, you know. So I feel like, not just me, but I, I can, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Like, just, like, the peak of COVID and, like, lockdown just broke people. I'm not going to lie. That's major. Um, just throwing in the real quick, my daughter is uh, a little younger than y'all. She's 13, but... That's exact. What you just described is exactly what my daughter went through in terms of the adjustment and going from being very social to then isolated for, you know, a year or two online and then going back to to school and feeling really awkward and having a hard time making that adjustment. So the fact that you put words to that, to your experience and like you said, I'm sure there's a lot of people relate to that. How many of y'all in the can y'all relate to that? Others in the room as well? Yeah, I could fully yeah. relate to that. Yeah. How did you what did you do to get over it? Are you still getting over it? What do you what do you what did you do? Or what are you doing? I mean, naturally I'm like more of a laid back person and you know, I like to observe my, you know, or area or environment. So that never really changed about me, but the the aspect of going up to someone and like first meeting them and becoming friends is it was the most challenging part, especially going into like 10th grade, you know, cuz I definitely skipped over my whole freshman year and it kind of it kind of hurt it a little bit because I I would never say that I actually had an experience with being a freshman and it kind of just kind of just hit a little bit but I think I got over it by you know having nice people around me and actually having people willing to talk to me after like a span of a week you know getting to understand my environment I understand what people I should be around with and what people I shouldn't be around with Boston thank you again for listening to the VIP show the VIP show voices in progress is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and the young people, our peer leaders of the Youth Police and Partnership Program, YPP. You've just heard the first part of a two-part conversation with some of our young men of the summer program at YPP. Join us next week for the second part of that conversation. Nosa, Keon, 
Farris, and Jalen will be back with us. Until then, and in the meantime, be well, be safe. If you want to find out more about Youth Police in Partnership or Children's Services of Roxbury, you can do so at www.csrox.org. That's www.csrox, as in x-ray, dot org. Tune in next week for the VIP show. This, this is Voices in Progress on 102.9 FM Boston. Oh, yeah, we did that. We got that. Yeah. <laughs> Leave on a good tip. Great tip. <laughs> good stuff, y'all.